my voice. Um, basically, nothing is wrong with the audio because usually I'm here doing an intro because the audio messed up or the intro of the original recording went wrong, but nothing's wrong. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to come on here and say we did it. All these episodes you've been hearing besides Lily and I's episodes are all pre-recorded from May and June, so probably two months old recordings and that was because I was scared I wasn't gonna have a guest for the week but I think I'm in a good place now where I could start recording like fresh content and putting it out there's just something about recording an interview and immediately wanting to post it because that's how excited I am about it and the fact that I kept all of these pretty much private and didn't really say who was going to be on it is quite amazing to me because that is just something I can't do but now I'm super excited to find new guests and get other things recorded. I'm pretty much... Okay, I'm not going to put myself down. So let's not get into that. But I also want to say thank you to everyone who's been submitting videos to the Instagram. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, go to the Puzzle Society on Instagram. We are having a good time there. So many of you guys are sending videos. And I know how hard it is to be in front of a camera. Like, trust me, it takes me at least 30 times to even get, like, one take done. And that's still not enough. So... I'll be recording like for five hours and you don't know how hard it is to be talking for five hours. It's just insane. And saying the same thing, I'm having a lisp, same thing over and over again. But, you know, thank you to everyone who's been pushing through and believing in us with these videos and hoping that you can connect with others. And we're just building a little community there, which I'm so happy about. It's just like, this is a dream come true. And you know we're not making money off of this. You know, if we had sponsors, you would well know well know well aware of it and you know the same team um that started this project with me is not the same team is that did I say that right <laughs> the team that started this project with me is not the same team that's working on it with me right now we have been changing people in and out getting more help more people involved switching whatever and we all just like want this common goal and it's just so exciting to see things come to life and if you want to be part of the team and help us creatively, let us know because we be struggling sometimes. And if you just want to work with me, because I'm cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been a wild ride. And it's just like people are like, oh, when this podcast is successful, when you get big. But honestly, seeing the videos and getting DMs of people saying like, thank you so much for giving us a platform giving people a platform, speaking about important topics, that is success to me. I already do feel successful in that way, just helping others, even if it's just like one person, just to let them know that like, they are not alone in whatever they're feeling and help them overall. Even with these interviews, like with professionals and they seem to have, have everything figured out, that is not the case. And, you know, it's just hard to sometimes differentiate that. And we're here to let you know that if you need someone to talk to, DM us, because trust me, we have so much going on, and we can definitely relate. We know it's tough out there, and yeah, you know, I'm not going to talk too much about this, and hopefully we're going to get into another episode, but I hope you enjoy this episode. I just want to come on here and say thank you for all the love and support. It definitely means a lot to me and everyone who's been working on this in the past and present and probably in the future. We're just super grateful that we get to be a part of something that we truly believe is going to be big, um, even bigger than it is now. And I'm just excited to see it grow and grow with you guys. 
So thanks for all the love and support. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Hope you learned something. And yeah, let's get into it. Hello, welcome, or kumusta from the Puzzle Podcast. My name is Janessa Merrill, and today we're actually going international today, all the way to the Philippines. This guest started at 15 writing short stories inspired by other people, to writing their first book at 18 and becoming a book editor at a U.S. publishing company, to becoming the CEO of BLVNP Incorporated at 20. From being a freelance writer to now at 24, also the CEO and co-founder of 2XU, along with her coaching brand, Virtual Ate, a content creator. Ang daming talents ni Ate. Hello, Leanne. How are you? Hi, Meryl. Awesome to be here. Excited for this. <laughs> yeah. I was actually born in the Philippines, but my family and I moved when, to move to the U.S. when I was two. The last time I visited was probably five years ago. Yeah. Hey, you're due for another visit. <laughs> <laughs> we were actually supposed to go this summer, but of course, with the whole pandemic, it had to be postponed. Mm which is pretty upsetting, but of course, we're all ready to go anytime. Yeah, yeah. So we connected with over Facebook, but I knew Leanne would be a perfect guest because not only she's a fellow Filipina, but I read that at 15, you started a blog writing stories inspired by other people. What inspired you to do that? Well, I started writing uh, poems when I was like 12, and then I wrote like movie script types uh, when, uh, when I was about 13. And then when I was 15, I got access to the internet, to the beautiful internet, uh, and then was able to start creating like blog posts on like short stories on like romance was 15 you know very very hopeless romantic type uh and then i became i also started writing articles about uh about almost anything about almost anything about being a 15 year old girl very dramatic uh and then that's that's and then i got my first job from that someone saw my blog post liked the way that i wrote and then hired me to write for their blog (laughs) that's so cool when i was 15 i kind of did the same thing because I was just always so interested in knowing other people's stories like in school we learn about famous authors or iconic historical figures and the first thing in my mind is I want to talk to them I want to interview them or like just in our neighborhood I think I mentioned this in another episode but I always wonder what my neighbors are are thinking or like how their lives are so different from mine and Mm. I just want to ask them all the time yeah I think there's a word for that I forget why there's a Japanese word for that of like you realizing that that another person right across you has a whole story to tell that's very powerful and it's insane to think about when my friends and I think about this company that we created or this podcast future we want to write a children's book actually a collection of traditional stories passed down from around the world as bedtime stories or doing a YouTube, maybe a Netflix deal to create docu-series of people's personal stories around the world. Kind of like MMK in the Philippines, mm-hmm. but our version, of course. Or, or Humans of New York kind of style. Yeah. So you worked yeah. as a freelance writer. What is that like? Because I've done freelance for photography, videography, but what is it like for a writer? Well, I jumped around a lot because, you know, it's it's not always a full-time gig. So I, I did blogs, I did magazines. Uh, at one point, I was working for the local newspaper here in Cebu City. So it's uh, basically, you're just kind of given a assignment of what to write about. Uh, usually some some would give you like an actual, like some a frame to, to follow. Uh, the biggest one I uh, biggest freelancing gig I got was uh, I, I basically just listened to someone interviewing a celebrity and I was able to create a whole article and that was the, the feature uh, the feature article for a whole magazine. So it really it varies a lot, but, but it's mostly just someone gives you like, hey, I don't I have no idea how to put this into words. Can you help me out? I'm like, sure. 
<laughs> that's always me. I never know how to put into words. But <laughs> how do you pitch yourself as a writer for jobs? Or are there already job listings that have these guidelines? Or how are you saying, like, I'm a writer, I could do this for you? Well, for me, I've been very lucky. I think I've only really applied for a job once, and it's this job um, that I that I got when I was 18. Um, but other than that, it's been referrals. It's been, uh, like I said, it's me putting out a lot of my my writings out there, and other people see it, other people read it. Um, I do put in like a, it, it used to be not 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 anymore, but it used to just put at the bottom like uh, you know need a need a writer need a writer contact me here or email me here. That's what I used to do, um, and people were would just contact me out of the blue, like, hey, I saw your article. Um, are you willing to write for me? Blah, blah, blah. So it was a, a, most of the jobs that I've gotten are referrals or people who saw my article and wanted to work with me. So also at 18, you finished writing your first book. First of all, what is that process like? Because ever since I was younger, I definitely wanted to be an author as a dream. So how did you get started with that? Was there like a publisher or agency you were already working with? So a little bit more about my uh, longer backstory. You were saying you're, inter- you're always interested in people's stories. So I actually am a survivor of Typhoon Yolanda, the category five. So I almost died and all that drama. Not really drama, but I always, I always like to skip over it. Uh, and, but then right around that time, right before uh, the typhoon, I was already writing my book. I was like halfway through the book. Uh, and mostly it was a collection of my short stories. So I was just putting it all together. Um, I did, and I also at the same time, I had like a, 30,000 word uh, book already that I was also working on. So when Safe Newlander happened, my laptop got wet <laughs> by, oh. by the rainwater. Uh, and then right after that, then of course I was like fully motivated to just finish it. So I was able to, I was lucky enough to find a computer shop where they were able to grab all of my files into a hard drive. I was super lucky. Uh, my mom fully supported me and then bought me a new laptop so I could keep, uh, you know, working and then also working on my book. Uh, and then it it was around three months. I was still, uh, like I said, I was still 18. It was three months after uh, Tiffany Landa that I, I started sending it out to different publishers. I started like looking for, and then sadly one who was a, it's not a scam, but it's basically you have to pay to be published. Uh, and of course, there's an 18 year old girl who was barely making it, uh, who was having anxiety and PTSD from a typhoon. I could not give them $4,000 to finish my book because that's how much they were try- trying to charge for it. And then I just researched uh, uh, at that time, in ta- uh, because I'm originally from Tacloban City, at that time in Tacloban, um, we didn't have electricity at home, we didn't have internet. So I would have to bring my laptop all the way to school. So I would be able to research publishers. And then I kind of stumbled upon that I could publish my own book. And that's what I did. Um, I published my own book. And Amazon, uh, got a few sales from it. And then when I moved here to Cebu and then got hired by the publishing company, they were like, yeah, sure. We'll publish our book. So <laughs> it was a very, it was a very, uh, fun up and down of like fighting publishers. A lot of them saying that of course I got a lot of rejections of, you know, you're too young. This is too, this is of course just your first draft, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then of course that, that, that publisher who billed me $4,000 to publish my book. Uh, I just self-published. And then, like I said, when I got here, they were like, yeah, look at your book. And then they looked at me and I was like, yeah, we can just publish this. And I was like, <laughs> cool. <laughs> With the typhoon, how has it ruined, like, mentally? Like, did you ever think, oh, this is never going to happen anymore? Like, did you just give up there? Or what made you want to continue to work on this book? A lot of it was that... As an 18-year-old, I had to sadly learn that life was short, <laughs> uh, that I knew that if if I didn't do it, uh, then it would never get done. Uh, so I, 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 it was kind of that drive of like, uh, I know other 
teens out there. I know a lot of, uh, at that point, at that time in my life, I know others also needed some kind of hope, some kind of like way. And I, I'm, I'm the eldest of four. So I'm like, I was looking at my sisters and like, if, if I gave this up and they knew that I was working on this, what, what would they do if they were in my situation? And then that's why I kind of kept pushing myself. Yeah. When we first wanted to release or like started posting about our brand or company, it was hard because it was the same time as the protests were starting to happen here for the whole Black Lives Matter movement. And creating something from scratch, you build honestly such a personal attachment to it where mm-hmm. you kind of become like turn a blind eye and like other things don't matter, but except this one project. But easily like we started thinking, oh, this project is so insignificant to everything going around us. So while we're educating ourselves, we started to realign our values, which I'm so glad that we did because now it's like, oh, what can we do to help like the community rather than just being like entertainment source? It's more of we're getting into action and how we can actually help. So how has this typhoon (laughs) affected your overall game plan? Because of course, as you're writing this book, you have a certain direction you're already going. Did it change any of it or were you still following the path? Well, um i was in i was kind of quote-unquote stranded in our city for about just a week luckily we were just there for a week uh because the next week they were they were already allowing commercial flights so we were able to fly here to see actually uh and then uh the next week my mom bought me a laptop so it didn't really there wasn't really a gap um and any any ideas that i had i still have a lot of notebooks so I, i just all wrote it physically and then i transported it to digital afterwards yeah and definitely being young like you said i kind of for me, I always feel like I'm running out of time. So it's just like, I need to constantly do this now. But of course, being a content creator, and especially being a writer, it's not a traditional path. So how did you get the support from your family to help succeed these dreams? It was funny, because after I published the book, um, I didn't really push forward with with uh, my writing career anymore, because it felt like, oh, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> but before that, um, my mom is also a writer. She's actually the one who helped me got get the job for uh, in the magazine that I work for. Uh, and then I, I've won a bunch of awards also in high school. So they knew I had, I had a thing. Uh, they knew I was, I was hooked into it. So that was, that was more of where their support came from. Like uh, when I, when I got into college, um, I took communication arts. So they knew that it was something that I really wanted to do. Uh, the, for me, for the ultimate goal, because for, in, in my Filipino mom's mind, of course, if I'm a writer, that I would be a good lawyer. <laughs> so that's one of the reasons why they also supported me uh, with my writing. Yeah, definitely with my family. I, I have so many different like ideas and hobbies that they can't really support all of them, of course. So usually it's like, pick one or I'm going to pick one for you. <laughs> so mm. they're like right now with this podcast, of course, there's not much support from my family right now because it's, again, like another side project that I have and they're not really sure how long it's going to last until I pick up something else. But yeah, definitely having support from family is important especially in careers like this where you don't know the outcome but landing your dream job for a book and magazine publisher blvnp incorporated is mm-hmm. that based in the u.s yes it is but then i was always able to work remotely i've been working like i said um i've been working from home since i was 15 so that's always the way that i thought i could just keep going just keep working <laughs> from home uh yeah I, I when i moved here to cebu uh, i was i was here for the on the job training for the uh, newspaper here uh and then i didn't want to ask my mom for money so i started applying for jobs 
Um, one of them was this this company that I, I'm working on. Uh, and then they were basically, they were based in the U.S., but the owners are here actually in the Philippines. So uh, it's still all remote, we're still working from home, but then, you know, we would meet once a week usually or try thrice a week, just it depends. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I became book editor, got paid to read. That was still the dream job until now. <laughs> I was literally reading books that I loved. Uh, and then a year later, they trained me up to become CEO. And then uh, two years later, we started a new company. Well, first, I'm more interested in what is a day-to-day life of a book editor? What do you do? Is it just reading and approving manuscripts for publishing? A lot of it was. Um, it was a lot of it was making also helping out authors. Like if, if because most of them, of course, were, were giving us their first drafts. A lot of them were giving us uh, uh, just ideas, even what not even a sure thing yet. So a lot of it was coaching them. A lot of them was uh, helping them like develop their character. A lot of them was making sure that if they called them Alex in chapter one, it still has to be cha- Alex in chapter 10. <laughs> so just uh, catching inconsistencies. Uh, but a lot of it was uh, just proofreading off of like, um, just double checking everything before before a book gets published. So how did you continuously get promoted to become CEO? Because of course, a lot of in our minds, if you're working up in a company, it's over like a 10 year span. So how did you do it very quickly? Well, part of it was the company was fairly new when I came in. Uh, it was about three years old. So there's some, there was only like a handful of, of employees at that time. Uh, and then literally, and I love this part of, of, of my own story, is that my boss said it was January of of 2015 I wasn't even it was I was only working for them for seven months uh, and he said okay he sat us down because at that point I was already I already became manager and then sat us all managers down and he said okay who wants to be CEO this year <laughs> <laughs> and 18 year old oh no I was 19 already 19 year old me was like sure I'll do it <laughs> because like the other the other uh the other managers was already um spearheading other companies that they were already going to start themselves so I was kind of the only one who was kind of free and also I was the only one who was interested in keep running a publishing company because it was it was a dream of mine to run a publishing company so yeah yeah of course and take any opportunity that you can get oh yeah Um, I read online that you talked about restarting the company as CEO. What was the reason behind that? Basically, one of the biggest lessons that I had to learn very early on, I'm lucky that I learned it early on, is basically the, the mistake of hiring the wrong people. It's a mistake of relying on people's skills instead of people's attitudes. So we basically hired like a bunch of people who had the really kind of the complaint uh, gene who kept passing it on to different people. So we had to actually, we were kind of forced to restart because it was just getting too toxic. So I, that was, it was like three months in of being CEO of like, okay, sure. Uh, of, of having to fully like, okay, decide to have to let go of a couple of people because they were, they were turning the, the company a little, uh, I guess, a toxic. So that was the biggest lesson that I, I had to learn really early was making sure that I wasn't just relying on someone who can get it done. Uh, someone who can, even if they make mistakes, as long as they have a good attitude about it, I'm willing to work with them. Like for us, like whatever team I'm working with, it's constantly changing because of course we want people like helping us out that aligns with our values and Mm -hmm. make sure that they're the type of person to represent the company, which we never knew like starting a company like this and who we keep adding on because of course we're just like, yeah, any help, anyone can just come in. But of course it's like, especially with job interviews now, it's more personality based and Mm -hmm. making sure that you're the right person for the team because with the long work hours, 
it's like, yeah, I want to spend more time with this person rather than someone else that I don't get along with. Exactly. And that, and that was the, the situation that I got into because basically the company was growing really fast at that time. Uh, and then we were just hiring left and right. And, and at that point, we didn't have like clear company values. We didn't have clear of like who we wanted to have in the company. So that mistake of like, okay, I have to I have to keep that in mind now moving forward, which is a good thing. Uh, but yeah, if if you if the person is super like high IQs can get in anything, but you can't work with them, it's really hard. Then you can't really grow anything with them. So you're not only the CEO for this company, but you're also the CEO and co-founder of Two XU. Can you mm-hmm. explain what that is? So Two uh, XU was was funnily. Uh, a half step. So um, one of my goals is to start a company in New York. That's actually one of my biggest goals. Uh, it's, it's to start a company in New York where it's outsourcing and, and uh, Filipinos can work from home uh, because my own passion is, uh, because I grew up with my dad being uh, an overseas Filipino worker. So I didn't really grow up with him. So I didn't want more Filipinos to go through that. So that's my main goal. So then uh, when I was having a meeting with uh, with my boss, he was like, okay, so what's, what could be a half step of that? What would be a half step of starting a company? Um, and it it was basically we first started with training uh, businessmen how to entrepreneurs uh, business owners how to have employees how to have their employees the right way of, of like making sure that if you are hiring from the Philippines keep in mind that they're kind of shy it is kind of a thing you know we're especially for really really smart Filipinos we're, we're kind of have to be told to be kind of a little bit shy uh, because of you know sometimes bullying which is sad but uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so it started as that, and then we did a, a few public speaking gigs in Malaysia and Singapore. And one of the people who uh, was attending said, "Hey, can I just hire you guys to do this for me? Can I just hire you guys to hire an assistant for me?" Uh, and then that kind of just started it of of uh, being able to help other entrepreneurs hire their own executive assistant, and that's been kind of going on for about nine months now. So it's all virtual assistants, or is it like? coming bringing filipinos here to actually work or is it all work from home basis well right now we're still uh, very much concentrated here in Cebu City of hiring from Cebu City uh, because we want to take care of people like if they lost their internet or if they uh, if their laptop breaks you can come to the office pick one up or work in the office usually if it's not on a lockdown uh, so we're still concentrated here but they're mostly right now mostly everyone is working from home when I first contacted I think your assistant that's the first time I've honestly heard of virtual assistant I'm like wow 2020 is really stepping up with technology but Usually assistance is like right here, but right by your side at all times. But what is the difference? What is the benefit more of using a virtual assistant rather than having someone physically here with you? Well, the main one, and it's actually funny that you bring up my assistant. I've actually never met her in person. I actually <laughs> hired her all virtually last a few months ago. So that that's 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 the thing when it comes to having a an assistant, a personal assistant. Uh, the big the main difference is that you know you can have them run errands for you. You can have them uh, buy stuff for you. But with with Again, twenty like you just said, twenty twenty. I can just get stuff delivered. I get she can deliver. Uh, get stuff delivered to me. Uh, I don't have to worry about it. Uh, other than that, it's basically and this is the the thing that we we tell our our clients all the time is while you sleep, your assistant works for you because they're on a different time zone. Uh, things get done while you sleep. You can keep giving them tasks in the morning while they're asleep and then uh, they can get working on it at night. Uh, it's also the part of it is just the 
I guess you 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 have to micromanage less because they, you can have to trust them, which is a very big thing for a lot of entrepreneurs, um, myself included, of having the hard time to delegate, delegate like actually let yes. something go, <laughs> especially if it's your baby. So uh, it's that's the main main thing is you kind of have to learn to trust someone, and that's when you get when you get when whenever I see an entrepreneur get over that that fear and I see it all the time of uh, fear of, of giving someone else a task then everything gets so much easier because you you start letting go you start actually focusing on the things that you like doing you start actually focusing the thing that actually brings you money like uh, if you are for example for me if uh, I'm, I'm a youtuber also so one of the things that I'm, I've been able to let go of is video editing my, my assistant takes care of that but like that took that used to take me like six hours in a week to just go through my video editing and now it, it, I just gave it to her and I'm like and I look at it I, I do a few tweaks and it's good to go so it's it's that's the power of, of having a virtual assistant is you're forced to trust them because <laughs> you have no, no other choice uh, and then you're, you're you keep learning to let go of this the things that actually are slowing you down or dragging you down uh, just so you can focus on the things that actually like you like that you enjoy doing and then of course makes you money. I think that's genius that, of course, the time zones, I never really thought about that. Like while you're sleeping, they can get things done. Actually, Mm -hmm. like earlier, my friends and I were kind of arguing because we're working all on this project together and it's we're all a group of perfectionists. So it's kind of hard for us to like let someone else do it. And we're always like watching over each other and like having the smallest little details like, oh, you miss this or miss that. Like we just can't let it go. So it's taking us time to just let it go, which I think... Mm -hmm. Every person that I've met, especially out in LA, who are working for themselves, they do have to learn that to like let it go because I was a video editor before and having people send me all their content, it's like, wow, you actually trust me to make sure that I get this right. Mm -hmm. It's something we'd never really thought of or learned about. So from my understanding, you also have a coaching brand almost as a branch of the company, right? It's basically, okay. So we started out as coaching business owners, entrepreneurs, how to help employees. As I was building my brand for that, as someone who, who was really good at outsourcing, I was building out my brand of uh, being the person you can ask about delegation and stuff. Um, more Filipinos started asking me like, hey, do you know, like if I wanted to work from home though, how would they do this? And it, it started out very um, spontaneously. Of literally, I met someone in a networking conference, and then we were talking, and I was t- telling them about my stuff. Uh, and then um, my my uh, my best friend enthusiastic, we was thinking about uh, coaching, and my best friend is she said, "Hey, she knows how to." Yeah, 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 she knows. And then I that was my first coaching client. He he was like, "Yeah, I, I want to do this. I want to actually become a video editor. I want to work online. I've been uh, he 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 was a real estate agent. Uh, I want to stop being a real estate agent. I want to just kind of work from home. I'm stuck of I'm sick of being stuck in traffic all the time, showing clients houses. So uh, that's that's how I got started. Of literally, so, so people kept asking me, kept asking me for advice. I would put out videos on Facebook, blah blah blah, and then uh, and then it kind of like kind of just the a match just was just lit." I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this now. I'm now coaching Filipinos how to work from home. So how are you reaching out? Um, your company is called the Virtual Ate, Virtual Big Sister in English, where you train people basically to work from home. So how is that like? Is it almost like a Patreon where you give them tips on a weekly basis or is it on a one-on-one? Well, for the start of the year, for starting uh, last year, uh, it was mostly one-on-one. I would have one-on-one clients. I was able to narrow down like what the curriculum would be, what their what their actual checklist would be, uh, and then it was around April. 
actually, sorry, April 13, uh, I did a this one, the Work Anywhere Challenge. Uh, that's actually where I have a 10-day challenge where I like go on on a Zoom like this one where I would talk to them like this is the things that you want to, you need uh, to work from home. It's a 10-day challenge that I do. It's paid. Um, and that's the group coaching that I have. Other than that, uh, I do have my uh, twice a week uh, YouTube channel that I upload into that I do also give tips. I interview people who are, I also interview people who are already working from home and then ask them for tips for, for people who as, are aspiring to uh, work for their job field or job description. So because of this entire pandemic, a lot of us were just forced into the working from home lifestyle. Um, which I'm lucky I live in a two-story house where there's tons of space to get my mindset. Like if I'm in the formal living room, it's work time. But once I enter my room, it's time to relax and really disconnect myself. But what are your tips on working from home? The biggest one that I always recommend is habits because you need to have the right habits to keep going. That's the, the uh, you know, getting a job working from home. That's actually the easy part. It's actually how do you take care of your mental health of your physical health when you're working from home? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm the same as you. I'm, I'm lucky that I have this space that I'm able to go to my room. I have my desk all prepared. I, it's work mode. Uh, but then some for some uh, Filipinos, especially for moms, it's harder for them uh, with their kids, with balancing, you know, having to take care of the house. Uh, so habits is, is a, an amazing thing of making sure that you time block what are the, the number one tasks that you need to do. Uh, it's it's making, creating the habit of studying, of constantly upgrading your skills. It's creating the habit of uh, finding the time to for yourself and the habit of rest that's the, the, the biggest one is it's so hard to take uh, to rest if your computer's right there in front of you then you can just keep working and working and working and working but it has to be that it has to be part of your habit or else you're, you're just gonna burn yourself out i'm such an experienced person where i'm more productive when i'm not working from home like i'm all dressed up in a new location so at home i definitely try to do like an office experience whether it's of course like getting dressed up wearing like actual clothes or drinking black coffee while answering emails but yeah definitely having a time block is one of the hardest for me because yes our computer is like just right there and I kind of like guilt trip myself like if I'm not working then I'm just wasting time even if it's like 10 p.m and you know it's nine to five that's normal work hours but I'll be working like 10 p.m 11 p.m because it's just like oh I have the time right now. I can just be continue to work, which definitely takes a toll on mental health, which mm-hmm. not everyone talks about. Um, we're such we're in such a weird stage, honestly, <laughs> yeah. because some places are fully reopened, other places are having like strict guidelines. But I'm personally like trying to apply for jobs, and like my process is definitely going through connections, whether it's through Instagram DMs or LinkedIn or like Indeed where it's like I'm bored and I need to quickly apply. It's one click. But how can I increase my chances to an interview, um, especially in this specific time period? Well, one is to always uh, is to keep posting about yourself, posting about what you do. It, it's, uh, you know, you can't be found if you're not someone who, who can be found. Uh, so that's that's always the main thing that I recommend is if you can create content, create a lot of content uh, so people can see what you can do. Another place, a very surprising place that I keep, whenever I teach it to other people, they're always surprised, is actually Facebook groups. Find Facebook groups of your niche, of the people you want to work for. And there's always like, every day I see at least five posts on just scrolling through my feed of people looking for, a graphic artist, a virtual assistant, or a content writer. So it's, it's 
being on groups where uh, people are already looking for you is the, one of the faster ways that you can get hired. Uh, and also just the just the the part of and this always people always find this weird, but being able, being willing to work for free, especially if it's a job that you really really want, uh, because then they they get a sneak peek of what it's like to work with you before even working with you. So that that has that advice that piece of advice has helped so many of my students of like no just work for free if you can afford it if it's something that you can do right now just just do it because. Even if you get nothing out of it, you can add it as your resume. You mentioned Facebook groups and like, of course, posting content. What is the proper content that we should be posting? Because a lot of people say like Instagram is your online resume because more people are on it. What should we be posting on Instagram to get noticed by companies? Well, you have to um, keep in mind where your audience is. Instagram is a great place for visual. LinkedIn is a great place for for most business owners. Facebook is mostly a great place for uh, actually more video now nowadays. So it really depends on who your target market is. If your target market is, let's say, female entrepreneurs, then Instagram, yeah. you can reach out, you can engage with them. That's that's an important part. Not not just having them find you, but also find them, engage on their posts, say hi, get to know them a little bit better. Uh, don't just pitch right away. Uh, so it really depends first on the platform that they're in. Um, the, the second is the, the type of content. The type of content I really recommend is how-to content or tip content about, about how you do what you do. So for example, like for me on my Instagram, it's all just how to work from home as a teenager because that's my target market. So I'm, I'm posting on, on Instagram and I'm, I'm posting on YouTube because that's a no, I know that's where my target market is. I'm trying to get into TikTok for the life of me. I can't, I'm, I'm naturally witty, but I'm not funny on video, which is harder to translate. So I haven't been, I haven't been able to crack it, but it's, it's one of the things you always have to find where your audience is, have look at what they're, lo- what they're looking at, what they're watching, uh, and then appeal there and then post there. Yeah, TikTok is definitely a hard platform to like navigate on. I don't understand it, even though it's like my demographic. <laughs> right. But, uh, we've actually like my team has actually been watching your account like on Instagram. And we've actually been seeing your followers grow between the time that we actually contacted like your assistant. And how are you growing your audience? Because of course, us, we're still like a new business brand, whatever you want to call us. But what is your advice to grow your audience or followers? Collaboration. That's the biggest one that I've been able to, um, I'm thankful that I was able to do was um, I'm, I, I was able to collaborate with um, also Filipina, uh, uh, Mommy, who, who has a group of like 200,000 on her, on her Facebook group. Uh, and she invited me on as a speaker. Uh, I, I go live on their group every month. Uh, and there, that's just that was just a, being able to collaborate with her has grown my uh, my following in, in a lot because all, and in all of my YouTube videos, I have my Instagram handle on on the right side so people can see it and follow it if they wanted to. Um, and then I the 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 target market which is funny. The target market is all mommies. That's that's the group. It's a it's a mommy's Facebook group on how to work from home. So of course they're gonna tag their kids, which is my target market. So uh, it's 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 basically that's the biggest one that I was able to happily be able to do was just collaborating with people um, and being uh, that's. Uh, building that relationship because I, I didn't even expect that she would contact me that she would like hey I would love to I would love you to be a part of this uh, because I'm not a mom <laughs> and so it was weird being in a mom's group but then she was getting a lot of people who were, weren't moms who were single people uh, who wanted to just learn how to work from home so I kind of came in as a representative of that of the virtual ate uh, and then other than that with the work anywhere challenge I was able to co- uh, collaborate another collaboration with uh, someone who did a lot of online events 
So it's being just open to talking to people who are in your field, talking to people who have quote unquote made it in your head um, and then building that relationship and showing them your value. And then eventually they'll come to you. I think a lot of us don't understand how important it is to build those relationships and connections because like for me, like in school growing up, it's definitely competitive. Like, oh, this person, you have to like be better than them, but you'd never know like if you're going to work together in the future, which is definitely a hard thing to grasp. And like I said, personality is a lot of things our employer is looking for, especially here in Los Angeles, where long hours are definitely expected. And it's for me it's hard to show personality online like my Instagram has definitely been at a halt because I can't come up with this content but how is the best way to show personality or like showing value to a company especially from afar and working from home taking initiative that's the main thing it's it's um, answering a question before a question is even asked it's uh you know for me like one of the things that um and this is a this is a funny story now. It was a sad story at that time. For me, it was working while I was uh, crying because I was homesick. And then my boss saw that of like how much I really still kept wanting to work. Uh, it's it's showing them that uh, it's you're not just treating this, you're not just another robot in their company. You're someone who wants to think, who wants to help them grow. Uh, and, and with like uh, the virtual added brand, I've been able to show the personality side of posting like... Um, funny things that happened in my life. I started out posting bloopers of when I was doing video because I was horrible on video to start with. And then I just got better and better with each practice. So it was posting bloopers. It was posting, um, you know, me making faces the camera whenever I whenever I stuttered. Uh, so it's it's showing them. Uh, I, I did a series at one point and that, that's, where, that's where I got garnered a lot of trust and relationship with people. I did a series where it was uh, things you don't see while working from home. It was a like um, my boss flopping around on the floor because we got tired from a brain session or um, me drinking a lot of, like having a, a stack of coffee in front of me while I was doing a launch. So it was, it was the, you know, the end glamorous part of working from home. And then that made a lot of people laugh. And maybe a lot of people like me more also, just because I was kind of just showing them, you know, things that you probably won't see on Instagram because, you know, people are too shy, but this is, this is part of the life. Being shy and like, trying to take initiative and take those risks is definitely hard especially it's definitely cutthroat out there and like you mentioned earlier like a lot of Filipinos out there are shy because it's like do your job don't like goof around and very strict on that how is it to build that self-confidence to like take that initiative well part of it is realizing the culture difference of uh you know if if your client is from the U.S. or the U.K. or even Australia uh, that they're usually more lax. It's not as, as strict as, as Filipino bosses usually are. Uh, so it's first realizing that. And then it takes practice. It was a lot of practice for me to speak up. It was a lot of practice for me to... Uh, I was really lucky that uh, that my boss was really a chill guy, a super chill guy. Um, like I said, like I, like um, he he mentored me. He's He'd become like a adoptive father for me at this point, six years in this company. Uh, so it's it's realizing the culture differences. It's also just practicing. Just keep, you know, keep going, uh, keep reading books. That was a main, that was a big thing for me is reading a lot of books of how people have failed, how people have kept rising up, really uh, helped with with my own confidence of like, okay, if, if um, you know, Twitter started out as a dating app, um, why can't I, why can't I uh, you know, start my own company? If uh, YouTube actually started as 
a was it YouTube? I forget now because I'm I'm reading I I, keep, I read a lot of books of like how different companies started out as a failure and then pivoted and changed their direction and then that's how they came out. So it's it's reading, getting mentors, and practicing. So being in the Philippines, or do you have like we talked before this, but you do have plans to come here to the U.S. Mm-hmm. And is it to continue expanding on these companies or are you starting to like more branch out and what else you could do out here? Well, it's mostly like, um, like I mentioned, they do have the, the goal to have a, a, a New York office uh, one of these days. Uh, it's, it's also, it's just part of the, of me being a traveler. I like traveling around. I like looking around. I like seeing what else is out there. Uh, I have, I have a bunch of family, like I said, like I mentioned, I have a bunch of family there actually in San Diego. Uh, so it's it's just kind of, it's it's in the extension of me growing myself, of of uh, knowing that it's okay to take risks, it's okay to, you know, fall flat on your face as long as you can keep getting up. Yeah, definitely. So aside from work, of course, how do you relax? Like, what do you do to relax, especially working, being CEOs of two companies, what do you do to like decompress? Read. I'm rereading Harry Potter right now. Actually, I have my Kindle. I'm charging my Kindle because I, I read uh, last night. Um, the last one reading. Uh, I also have. I also just have. have I try to find the fun in almost anything. Like when I'm working or when I'm coaching someone online or doing a uh, like last night we had a big managers meeting and then we were just all laughing and and having fun. So it's it's finding the fun. Uh, other than that, it's. YouTube videos, a lot of YouTube videos, playing Sims 4. <laughs> so video games, killing zombies on 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 the internet. So it's it's a lot of uh, different things that I've I had to learn which ones that I liked. Um, but yeah. You mentioned being a traveler. Where is one of the best places that you've traveled so far? Oh, that's so hard to pick. Because <laughs> each, each country I've been to have, has like a very special reason why I love it. Well, lately, well, the last one, it was, and I was really lucky. I was able to go to Taiwan right before like New Year's, so right before this whole pandemic began, and it's in Taiwan. So, <laughs> uh, it's it's it was my it's my favorite so far because it was their first solo international trip. I was able to go there on my own, uh, and then that was actually a Christmas bonus that my boss gave me. So there's a lot of really good reasons why I love Taiwan. Uh, but I think the main thing was that uh, the, just being able to ride around uh, around the train by myself. I was in a capsule hotel that was perfect for me. Uh, so it's it's Taiwan is is definitely a, a safe place and also just a fun place to to play around. And definitely traveling, you get to see all those different perspectives. And being a writer, it must have inspired you. Are you planning on writing any more books in the future? I haven't written any fiction in a while, mostly because uh, the voices in my head have gone quiet. The usual characters in my head have gone quiet, which I'm like, oh, it's okay. Uh, so I've been writing, uh, I've actually just been writing more articles and then uh, mostly been vlogging um, at this point. You mentioned being a YouTube content creator, a YouTuber. What is that like? Because of course I want to start my own channel. That's been a dream for also for years. Is it scary to start? Um, well, the, the funny thing is I started with um, the videos that I put up on Facebook. That's where I started with. I just up- uploaded them onto YouTube. Um, and then the funny thing was that uh, years ago when I was 14, 15, right around the time that I also started my blog, I started posting uh, videos on YouTube that were very, uh, it's hard to explain now because it's not anymore trending, but it was basically dramatic short stories where you would have a very dramatic 
uh, music in the background and it would just flash the words. <laughs> um, and that was how I, I, I started it. So I, I, when I wanted to start a YouTube channel for virtual ate, I had to, I had to set all of that in private. Uh, but basically for, to get started, get, get started. If, if it's a crappy video, it's, if it's a video uh, that's like, until now I'm still using my, my phone camera. I haven't bought it at my, at my own camera for it because it's just like, it's just a good enough uh, resolution. It's just kind of getting to the point of you just start and you just talk, start talking to someone like I've, really good example if if you're still kind of uh, uh, on the edge of starting your YouTube channel upload this 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 your <laughs> podcast episodes these are YouTube content these are people that would be uh, you know people will listen to this while they're cooking while they're doing something else even though they could just watch uh, listen to your podcast they would still love to be able to like see me see you so um, you probably have already so much content out there that you can just put up on YouTube um, and the best way is to just start this, just to keep watching your numbers, keep pivoting, keep seeing. Like I started with YouTube with tips on how to have employees online, how to manage employees online. And then it just didn't work. And then I pivoted to how to work from home. And then a lot of more people came in. So it's uh, experimenting. It's being willing to pivot and then uh, just promoting yourself, of course. Yeah, a lot of times, like starting something, a lot of businesses, especially starting this podcast, it's the fact of starting it. It's just really mm-hmm. scary. But now that we've actually started and have like a few episodes up, now it's just like, oh, we have to hold ourselves accountable and like keep going because now so many people are involved now that we can't give up. Exactly. But with your many talents, what are your plans for the future? What's next for you? Well, right now it's growing both companies that I have, which is uh, the Virtual Ate and then uh, 2XU. It's basically uh, because both feed the other. Uh, as more people see, it's funny because as more people see my videos on YouTube on how to work from home, they want to work with me. Uh, so I, I've been able to get clients as way, that way as well. Um, and also then the people that I train work how to work from home that I recommend to those those uh, clients and I, because I know I've trained them, I know they're good. So it's uh, growing both uh, and, and just kind of keep figuring out what else I can do, what else I can try, what else I can dip my toe into. Uh, whether that's traveling somewhere or skydiving or <laughs> or just uh, trying out a new piece of content, whatever that would be. Um, we watched your videos and definitely what we like best is how simple it is. It's definitely like those videos that are motivational and makes you want to start something. That's definitely what your videos are like, and especially your confidence in like, this is actually doable. I think that's great. And, you know, you're going to do a great in the future. Of <laughs> thank you. So thank you for being here, but let's end with this. What are words that you live by? Passion can take you anywhere. I, I have that, I have that stuck on my desk. I have it right here. I can look at, I have it near my bed. It's, it's the belief that uh, anything that you're, that you're in love with, anything that you are, that brings you fire, that keeps you going, that will take you anywhere. Just following that, following what, what makes you happy, following, uh, you know, it's, it's very cliche, but it's, it's literally how I got here to where my life is at, is following what is something that I'm, I'm passionate about, whatever that is, whatever that started out as writing, that started out as being part of a publishing company and then evolved to helping other uh, business owners be able to uh, have uh, treat their employees right. That was my main one. Uh, and then now training Filipinos how to work from home so they don't have to find jobs outside of the Philippines. That's honestly what I've been learning more, especially the past month starting this again. But 
it's definitely passion. And I never realized how often I thought about this in the past because it definitely has different forms. Like in the past, I would try to write stories like you about other people or why I started a YouTube channel or like doing youth group, like being a leader and trying to help people like find their voice. That's definitely something I've been doing in the past that I'd never realize or I never had an outlet to do, but now I found it. So it's all pretty exciting and passion Yay. definitely is going to take you there and it's, you're, you can't ignore it. Definitely. It's just going to keep showing up until you actually act on it. So I'll of course leave your social media in the description and where you can find her and all of her companies. But other, otherwise, I'm so glad we got to do this. My first international guest. <laughs> Happy to be here. This is really fun. Yeah. And of course, hopefully that you can come to the US and visit and we actually get to meet because that would be amazing. I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for listening to another episode. Make sure to check out Leanne and of course, our own brand, the Puzzle Society. And I'll talk to everyone soon.